Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show, and a privilege to be with you, as always, on the number one talk radio station in America, which is WABC, and welcome to folks who are listening on other affiliates. Uh, I am sorry about the terrible weather on the East Coast, and I know in the New York area, we have most of our listeners, kind of a lousy day, so a good day to maybe listen to the radio and get educated about what is happening with our country and our economy and our culture. Um, I uh, <laughs> hate to tell you all this, but I am in um, Colorado today, and it is absolutely gorgeous here. So uh, I'm enjoying 65-degree weather and beautiful sunshine and looking at these wonderful mountains uh, called the Rocky Mountains. And this is a great country, isn't it? I mean, we just have the most beautiful, beautiful areas of the country. I don't think there's any country in the world that has more diversity in terms of the beauty, the mountains, the beaches, the, you know, the rolling hills. This this isn't a country that is so, so, we're so blessed to be born and citizens of this great, great country. And I know some of the people listening may not be citizens, but you're here by choice. So thank you for coming and contributing to the greatest country on earth. Uh, I want to talk about Several things today. Um, I'm going to take your calls. I, the last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to take your calls, but I do want to take your calls today because I'm so eager to hear from you all about what you think about this budget fiasco that's going on in Washington. And here is the question for the day, and I'm going to give you right now the more money hotline number because I really do want to hear from people. And I, I'd want to hear from Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals. What do we do about this $2 trillion uh, annual deficit and this $33 trillion debt that's headed to $60 trillion. $60 trillion. I, I, I'll tell you, folks, I believe that this this uh, train called the United States of America is headed over a cliff. I don't know if it's going to happen in three months or three years or five years or eight years, but folks, this is a recipe for financial calamity. And I'm of the belief that this idea of modern monetary theory, which was what Biden is doing, where we can just borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow more and more money and that we're going to pay for this with just higher and higher and higher taxes in the future, that is a road to destruction. And so it has to stop. And why not stop it now? <laughs> why wait one more moment or one more day? Let's get this thing resolved. So I want to hear from you. If you have any great ideas about what, how do we do it? How do we stop borrowing $2 trillion? What do we cut? What do we cut? Do we cut the military? Do we cut some of the health care programs? Are there wasteful programs in the budget that we should get rid of? I say hell yes to that. I think we could easily cut a trillion dollars out of our budget. There's 
$380 billion in a green energy slush fund. Let's get rid of that as for starts. A report came out $150 billion more COVID fraud that they just discovered. Can you imagine how much money has been stolen from you and me and taxpayers with the, with the COVID programs, the unemployment programs, the PPP programs, the rental assistance, and now Biden wants to give everybody free student loans and you don't have to pay the loans? I mean, come on. What are we, Daddy Warbucks? We just pay everybody's bills? I am so absolutely sick of this stuff. So I really believe we need to get serious about how we deal with this budget and how we take a chainsaw to it because we got to do that because every dollar the government spends, it's taking a dollar away from you and me and from our children. So the question of the day and the last 15 minutes of the show, I'll be taking your calls on one 800 is what is your practical solution to dealing with this enormous amount of government that we have and the enormous amount of this insidious death that a uh, debt that is very much like a it's like uh, a termite it's like if you have termites in your basement i've used this analogy before but let me use it again if you have termites in the basement of your house you get better get call in uh the pesticide people and get the you know Call Orkin and make sure they get rid of your your uh, termites or your whole house is going to collapse. And that's exactly what's going on in America. The debt is is termites in the basement. And we can pretend, we can party on uh, Garth. What's the old saying? Party on Garth. And we can pretend like there's nothing happening until the whole house collapses. And so I want to hear your ideas. I, I have plenty of them, by the way. So – We'll talk about that in the last 15 minutes. But for now, I wanted to bring up uh, a couple of subjects um, related to the budget. Uh, I have in my hand, you can't see it because this is radio, but uh, a friend of mine just gave me a $10 billion Zimbabwe bill. $10 billion. Let me see. There's 13 zeros on this bill. It's a Zimbabwe $10 billion bill. Now, many of you um, listening to the show must think, my God, Steve Moore is rich. He has a $10 billion Zimbabwe currency. So I think most of you know that this $10 billion Zimbabwe currency is worth, oh, maybe 40 cents, 40 cents. So my point is, how do countries deal with a financial crisis and a fiscal crisis when they do what the United States is doing now. Because we can look in the past, and we know that this story does not have a happy ending. And one of the ways that governments get out of these crises is they print money. And of course, you know, the Fed has been doing that. They've been monetizing this debt by just printing, printing more money. And so what Zimbabwe did is they just kept putting more and more zeros on their bills. So let's imagine for a moment the United States did that. Let's say all of a sudden, magically, we could say the $5 bill is now worth $50 and the $50 bill is worth $500 and the $10 bill is $100 and the nickel is 50 cents. In other words, every every bill is and every a coin is worth 10 times more than it's what it says on the – you know, in other words, you're putting an extra zero on everything. Now, would that make us richer? <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get rich by just putting more zeros on our currency? By the way, if that were if that would work, Zimbabwe would be the richest country in the world because they got a hell of a lot of zeros on here. They got 13 zeros on this. And this is what's going to happen. We're going to debase our currency. Now, 
I'm not just talking about Zimbabwe. I'll give you a more, um, you know, uh, another example closer to home, which is what's going on in Argentina right now. Argentina was uh, 100 years ago about as rich as the United States. They were one of the four or five richest countries in the world 100 years ago. And what happened over the last, you know, number of decades, for the last 50 years, Argentina has moved towards socialism. So they they abandoned free market capitalism and they adopted communism and socialism. And the government took over and the government grew and grew and grew. And so now you have a situation, and it's heartbreaking actually, where in Argentina now, the Argentine peso, which uh, about 15 or 20 years ago, you could get um, you could get for four pesos, you could get $1. Okay, the exchange rate was four pesos for $1. You know what it is today, folks? 400 pesos per dollar. So th- what they have done in Argentina because of the runaway government spending, they have reduced the value of their currency by, if my math is right, like 95 to 98 to 99%. They've just eroded it away. So... It's almost true that in Argentina today, an Argentina one dollar or one peso bill is almost not worth the paper it is written on. <laughs> so what's happened in Argentina is you have barter. People don't use currency anymore because the currency. Who would want to own a Argentine peso if it keeps falling in value? And the other thing that's happened is they use dollars because dollars are now the number one currency in Argentina because they've ruined their own currency. Well, what happens when we run when we ruin our own currency here in the United States, folks? I mean, that's not going to have a happy ending either. So uh, we've got to get this straightened out because we are going to have a currency that's worth nothing. We're going to bankrupt the country. We're going to leave our kids and grandkids, if you care about them. I do. I have five sons. Uh, I don't want them to leave an America that's poor or in debt. Uh, And I don't think most of you wouldn't be listening to the show if you did. Um, Finally, this is the last thing. I got two minutes left uh, before we get to the the, um, Ryan and and Bob Payne. Are you following the story, folks, about this Senator uh, Fetterman from Pennsylvania? I think probably a lot of you have been paying attention to it. it. Look, I am not a prude. And my wife says she doesn't like the way I dress. She thinks I'm kind of slovenly dressed. Uh, yeah, I wear a coat and tie and so on. But sometimes I don't have my, you know, my shirt tucked in and that kind of thing. And she's very fastidious about this. So I'm not a fashionista. But come on, really. I, I would like to hear some Democrats on this. Is this guy cheapening? Does he have any class at all, this Fetterman, who's, who's he's presiding over the United States Senate, which is, you know, a pretty hollowed institution in America, and he's showing up in shorts with tattoos on and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes he'll wear, he wears a hoodie and, and he's got a short sleeve shirt and he doesn't wear a coat or tie. I mean, come on. Where's, this guy has a lot of class with a capital A. And for those of you listening, because I know we have listeners in the great state of Pennsylvania, aren't you embarrassed by this guy? And I don't care if he's a Democrat, Republican, whatever, you know, party he is in. It's just absurd. It's It's just – it's demeaning America that you have a United States senator who won't wear a coat and tie. And I'd love to hear what you all think about that because it just bothers me. It's just, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but the guy is just cheapening what it is. You know, these are the Senate is supposed to be the most deliberative body in the world. And you got a guy who's just acting like a clown, and I hate it.
And I wonder what you all think about that. We're going to take a quick break. This is uh, WBC Talk Radio. This is the More Money Show. I'm Steve Moore, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Payne, Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Every week, talking about the markets, the economy, and Bob. This was a very interesting week on the Street of Dreams. We've got the Fed talking hawkish. We've seen interest rates go up a lot. A lot of fear around inflation and higher interest rates. How you feeling? I feel pretty good, Ry. You know, you have um, you know a market that's been pretty much straight up since almost a year ago. Um, we've had a, a gigantic five percent correction, which is historically normal. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, it's an opportunity for those who are out there who have been waiting to get invested, you know, give them an opportunity, right? Trees don't grow to the sky. You got to buy the dips to make money in the rips. Yeah, I I think the bigger question, though, is, okay, we heard about this drumbeat of recession for a year. It didn't happen. Um, And a lot of the experts are saying, well, wait a second, it's coming next year instead. Um, And I think the big fear here is, things do slow down a lot, right? Because you have mortgage rates now above 7%. Uh, you're seeing, uh, on the top of that, we're starting to see the economy potentially slow in other areas. Um, so I think the big fear here is inflation is really stubborn. The Fed doesn't lower interest rates and it pushes us into a recession right now. Well, you know, the Federal Reserve talks about it all the time, right? We call it the FOMC, the Federal Open Mouth Committee. Um, <laughs> they're constantly telling us you know, how bad things were. Well, last year when they made their projections, they said it would be in a recession. Now they're saying next year the economy is going to be stronger than they thought it was going to be. Inflation is going to be moderating um, more than they thought it would be. And they're just going to keep rates higher for longer. But of course, it's all data dependent. So if inflation continues to moderate, well, they won't be, you know, uh, continue to raise rates or they'll start to bring them down. So I think the big disappointment this week was when they, they had been talking about dropping it four times next year, you know, or 100 basis points. They're now only talking about a half of 1%. <laughs> but again, you can't go by what the Fed says, and the market doesn't care, right? The Fed doesn't have these levers and dials they can, they can push and change the economy. The economy is the economy, Ryan. and that's what the stock market is based on. Yeah, and I mean, and overall, to your point, we've only had about a 5% sell-off in the market, which is light considering the fact that we had such a big run-up since last year, right? The last 12 months, we've had a phenomenal run in the stock market. And I think that's what the market's telling you right now, right? It's like we've had a slew of bad news uh, with regards to interest rates, inflation, oil prices going up. What I'm wondering is why didn't the market sell off more? (laughs) So (laughs) I think the fact that the correction's been so light is telling you that things aren't as bad as we're hearing. And especially when you look at the labor market, it's still relatively tight, right? People have jobs, wages are going up. Um, and inflation, even though it's been stubborn, it still is coming down. And that's really that Goldilocks scenario that we've been hearing about. You have moderating inflation, you have strong wages. This all still bodes well for the economy next year, even with oil prices elevated at the moment. Yeah, let's talk about oil prices, right? I mean, that's a huge tax on the global economy and it's been going up a lot faster, a lot higher than anyone's predicted. Of course, you know, the experts are now saying, oh, it's going to $100 a barrel. You know, the same ones that said it was going to 60 just a couple of months ago. Um, but, you know, that that impacts everybody. You know, we're starting to feel it at the, at the gas tank, you know, at the gas station. We're starting to feel it with the chill in the air coming on. You're going to start using, you know, your heaters at home. So, you know, that that is a headwind. But I think that's temporary as well. And there's other components of, you know, of inflation 
that are starting to receive, especially rent inflation, not just, well, not so much here in the, in the city, but everywhere else in the country. No, that's right. And that's a big component to the inflation number that we see every month. And that's a lag, meaning it, it comes, the numbers come out a little bit later. We'll say they lag what the actual real rental uh, rentals are around the country. We know they're coming down. So that's a good point. The other point about oil too is, you know, everyone thinks it's a foregone conclusion. Oil's going higher. But, you know, I always said the short-term price in oil is like my favorite ride at Great Adventure. It's all over the place. <laughs> it's extremely volatile. So, you know, there's maybe in two months, you know, oil comes down a little bit, right? That's, that's a very high possibility. So we don't really know where oil prices are going to be. Uh, but I think, you know, the overall, to your point, if you have moderation in other parts of the economy when it comes to the inflation number. And Bob, you know, we don't say this much, but it is an election year next year. And I do think that Jay Powell wants to keep his job no matter who comes into office. <laughs> you know, he, he might be inclined to ease financial conditions a little bit next year. Call me a cynic, but it is kind of a political role, if we had to be honest about it. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, Ryan, I hate to be on the media and not go along with what the media is telling everybody. Uh, everything's always horrible. Everything's really terrible. You know, we're in a bear market. Well, the fact of the matter is we're in a big booming bull market. This bull market started almost a year ago. And these pullbacks, these drops in the market are opportunities to get invested because one of the things that I know, when that price of oil starts to drop, that price of oil per barrel gets down around $70 a barrel, you're going to see a huge rally in the stock and bond market. And you know, it doesn't do you any good if you're not invested before it happens, right? You don't make any money after the fact. Right. There's a great rebalancing coming at some point because there is a lot of money sitting in cash. And you know, the conventional wisdom right now is, well, I'm getting my 5% sitting in a money market fund. I'm getting 5% buying a one-year treasury. Well, your biggest risk there, we talk about this all the time, is that reinvestment risk because we just talked about it. There's a good chance the Fed could start cutting interest rates next year. That means that 5% you're getting could be 4% or 3%. Meanwhile, we know earnings are going up, not only next year, but the following year, right? So earnings are going up. Stocks outside of the Magnificent Seven, outside of those big tech stocks, trade at a reasonable multiple right now. So it's most likely a good buying opportunity. And you could be locking into a longer-term bond portfolio right now. Yet most investors are sitting in, with money in cash paralysis by analysis, and they're probably going to miss a lot of opportunity because that 5% is not going to last forever. Hey, don't get me wrong, right? 5% for cash is a phenomenal yield based on where we've been for the last 20 years. But as an investment, you know, for a long-term investment, most of you need equity-like returns in order to achieve your goals. What's that mean? It means you can go out and buy blue chip stocks right now, yielding 3% in dividends. You're guaranteed to get 3% in dividend, all right? So it's not as good as five, but that 5% is also being eaten up by inflation, which is at three or four, right? So you need your money to grow net of inflation. And the only thing in history that's grown faster than inflation is the stock market. So, you know, blue chip stocks are screaming by right now relative to the obvious, oh, I get 5% guaranteed in my money market fund. 
Right. That's a temporary yield, yet your long-term goals are long-term, not short-term. And I think, you know, we have to think about it like the Wayne Gretzky strategy, right? You've got to skate where the puck is going to be. When you're building your financial plan, you've got to invest where the markets are going to be, you know, where the portfolio is going to be in a year from now, two years from now. And that's why getting that 5% short-term is short-sighted for your longer-term money that you need to retire on. If you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, I get it, Bob and Ryan. I need a long-term strategy. The world's not going to end. I've got to get on top of my long-term goals. Well, here's your shot to do it. We keep 10 slots open for the entire show. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal. There's no firm out there that will do this work up front. We're going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today, whether it's an income plan for retirement. What's the best way to draw from your portfolio when that paycheck stops? How do you take Social Security? What's the best way for you? How do you factor in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years. We're going to build a dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extreme yo-yo for the last two years. Has your portfolio been a yo-yo too? Well, we're going to do a full analysis of your portfolio. We're going to look at where you have concentrated risk. Or if you've been sitting in cash, paralysis by analysis, can't figure out what to do, we're going to give you that full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those high cost, tax inefficient products like annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products, structured products, insurance products. Bob and I will do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you how to reduce the cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You'll get our full tax playbook. We literally have 10 slots for the whole show if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or you can just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified Financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you're not one of our next 10 callers and call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, first off, welcome back from Greece. You know, the listeners were getting worried. Thank you, right? you weren't going to come back. <laughs> it was a wonderful trip, beautiful country. Um, but everybody and their brother was there. I met more Americans than I did Greeks. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot place to go this summer. So we thought you were going to stay in Mykonos for like a month, but I'm glad you came back, Bob. Um, but, you know, Bob, you know, one thing we do at our firm, Pain Capital Management, of course, P-A-Y-N-E, uh, is we spend a lot of time doing financial plans for our clients new clients. And we found that a lot of times there's red flags that you have that might indicate you need to get on top of your financial plan like yesterday. And you know, one of the biggest red flags that I always see is if you can name all the investments in your portfolio on the top of your head, you might not be that diversified. <laughs> now, if you have a very small concentrated portfolio, you know, you might be lucky, right? If you want to create wealth, concentrate. You want to preserve wealth, you got to diversify. So what's that mean? It means you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, your mom and dad taught you that. You want to spread the risk out because there is no guarantees 
when it comes to investing. And the only way to reduce risk in a portfolio is to diversify the living daylights out of it, Ryan. Yeah, no, exactly right. And the only way to do that is to make sure that your money's spread out. And most of us don't even know, right? Like you have all these different investments. They may have different titles, these different funds. But you look under the hood, a lot of times you own a lot of the same investments. It might be Apple, Amazon, Google. You might not know you own all these things, but it's really important to get an idea how well your money's spread out. And most of you don't know that. We can tell uh, from all the different portfolios we review each month. The other red flag that I would say is, are you meeting regularly with your financial professional at least every 12 months? Like I get a physical every year, but you need to be getting that financial physical as well. And a lot of us, we get that plug in, you set it, forget it, right? Someone gives us a recommendation, we put our money to work and never, we never reevaluate it again. Good financial planning means regular checkups and most of you don't do that as well. No, it's so true. I mean, time flies, whether you're having fun or not. And a year goes by in a, in a blink of an eye, but a lot happens in your lifetime, you know, over a year. You know, have, you have new grandchildren. You may have retired from your job. You made a decision to retire. You may, you know, have a new plan. You may have been, your company may be acquired. There's so many things that happen in the course of a year. And these are little things, right? If you don't max out the contributions to your retirement plans, you miss that opportunity forever. If you take your RMD wrong, your required minimum distribution at the wrong time, you miss that opportunity forever. So you, you don't need a stockbroker. You don't need an investment salesperson working for you. You need a certified financial planner, someone who's looking at your financial picture and helping you every year. Because you know what, right? Because of Washington, D.C., the rules change all the time. And if you, you know, I don't, yes. I, I don't know about you, you don't, you know, you want to pay attention to that. You know, you want somebody to do that for you while you go out and enjoy your life. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it's so critical to optimize your portfolio for taxes. We talk about it all the time. And there's those little tweaks you make that mean maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in your pocket over the rest of your life and not in the government's by just being smart about structuring things correctly. You know, the other issue that we see all the time is like, do you know how much income you need in retirement and factoring in inflation? Because we say it all the time, but if you need $100,000 a year to live on today, that's $200,000 a year in 20 years because inflation's going higher. And most of us don't have a dynamic income plan. We haven't really planned it out. And it's probably like the most crucial component to your retirement plan is having an income plan. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Ryan. The one thing that the big risk, the big hidden insidious risk is inflation. And it's the biggest risk to everybody's financial plan, everybody's financial well-being. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's like that odorless gas, you know, that we have detectors <laughs> for. You need to have that in your portfolio because if you're not growing your money net of inflation, you're losing. So that's why it's so tempting, you know, to sit in cash right now and get a 5% return. Wow, that's wonderful. That's not planning. That's not going to overcome inflation in your lifetime. You know, you really need to make sure that you're growing your money net of inflation. Yeah, you don't need a short-term income plan. You need a long-term income plan. That's the key. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, these are the issues that I have. These are red flags because I don't know how much income I'm going to need. I don't know if I'm optimizing everything for taxes. I'm not even sure how diversified I am. Well, here's your shot to find out. We still have four slots left. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for your now famous total financial master plan. And we'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front. 
We go as far as building you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life. And we're just going to hone in all these issues we're talking about today. We're going to look at income. You need that income plan for retirement. You got to figure out the best way to draw from your portfolio over the rest of your life. You got to figure out the best way to take social security for you. There's lots of ways to take it one optimal way for you and factor in inflation, factor in that your costs are going to double. We're going to put together a dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile all over the place. Has your portfolio been up and down like a wild roller coaster ride? Or have you been sitting in cash paralysis by analysis? You're not sure what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, tie it to your goals, but protect it so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high cost, tax inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, mutual fund, brokerage product, structured product. We do a deep dive of every investment you own. We show you where all the hidden costs are, how to reduce that cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You get our full tax playbook. You get our full tax playbook to make sure that you're optimizing for taxes. We have five slots left if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next five callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team will help you to create your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you'll learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to bbullish.com. That's bbullish.com. You can check out more about our firm, what we do at Payne Capital Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. W-A-B-C. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, markets fell for the third straight week with its worst weekly performance since March. The S&P 500 fell 2.9%. The technology-heavy NASDAQ composite dropped 3.6%, while the blue-chip Dow slid 1.9% of the week. Bond yields rose after hawkish comments from the Federal Reserve, who forecasted one more rate hike for 2023. The benchmark 10-year Treasury yield popped to its highest level since 2007. Markets also sold off among concerns around a potential government shutdown next week, although all past shutdowns had little or no impact on the economy. So what really happened over the past three weeks while I was away on vacation? Well, there are simply more sellers than buyers in the financial markets. But that's how markets work. They spend all their time climbing a wall of worry, and another interest rate raised by the Fed and a potential government shutdown is just one more brick in that wall. Remember, concerns are not certainties, and pullbacks or corrections are always temporary. It's surprising, actually, that investors sell simply because the price of their security goes down or because a Federal Reserve official utters a negative comment. The financial markets represent real companies, and real companies are slaves to earnings, and their values depend on profits. And earnings are growing, and more importantly, forward earnings estimates have just risen 
to a record high for 2023. More importantly, more importantly, the forward earnings estimates for 2024 and 2025 are actually substantially higher. Now, the market action this week reminded me of the real estate market pre-COVID, you know, when nothing was moving and prices were stagnant. People who lost patience and sold those homes had to sit back and watch those very same properties double and sometimes double again over the next few years. You know, the Dow's trading at 34000 and based on 2025 earnings estimates, with the market trading at the very same valuation as it is today, the Dow could very well be at 43000 Just a gentle reminder that all dips are temporary, every wall of worry is scaled, and new highs are inevitable. Hey, my son Ryan and I, we have 75 years combined industry experience in building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation of your portfolio, all you need to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist back at Payne Capital Management. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. I am I'm uh, pleased to uh, introduce two guests that are going to give us a little update about the finances of the country and uh, a little bit about politics. Uh, I have John Fund. You all know John Fund, who was a longtime editor at the Wall Street Journal. He is now with National Review. He's also a senior fellow uh, at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and he helps me write the daily hotline. And by the way, I hope everybody is getting that. It is free. It costs you nothing. It is absolutely free. Just sign up for it, uh, and um, we will send it to you five mornings a week. We'll email it to you. Uh, right. go to but I was told there was nothing. There is no free lunch. Yeah, well, this is the free lunch. By the way, that is John Caldera, who so rudely interrupted me there. John is a good friend, and by the way, I am using his studio here in Denver, Colorado. John runs the Independence Institute, was the state conservative think tank in the state of Colorado, and boy, does Colorado need that. And uh, John is also um, a p- columnist here. And the reason I'm having John on the show, by the way, is that he is the one who gave me the $10 billion Zimbabwe bill. And so he bribed me, folks. He bribed me to get on the show <laughs> and, with us $10 billion Zimbabwe. And you're worth every dollar of it. And he was telling me something I, I thought was pretty funny is that this is a counterproof um, – uh, it's, it's got the security yeah, code. It's got yeah. the ribbon through it. It's got the, the embossed. Yeah, the it's, question it's we were asking is, why would anybody counterfeit <laughs> <a> Zimbabwe <laughs> bill? So anyway, we're going to have some fun today. John Fun, thanks for joining. Uh, hey, can I jump in while I got both of you? Yeah. The newsletter from the Committee mm-hmm. to Unleash Prosperity is my must-read wow. newsletter every day. Awesome. And we all get flooded with newsletters, and the uh, your email box is always full. Um, the, what you guys do with that one email note is the one thing I read every day. It so is a must-read. Committee to Unleash Prosperity dot com. And by the way, for saying that, I'm going to give you this ten billion dollars <laughs> Zimbabwe <laughs> currency back. Okay, John Fund, are you with us? 
A pleasure, yes. Hey, John, good to be with you. Okay, I'm going to, I want to, we're going to kind of do a speed uh, show today with you guys. I'm going to rapid fire you with questions, and I did not, uh, I did not prepare these guys, so um, this is all spur of the moment, but John Fund, I'm going to start with you. We have a $2 trillion budget deficit. Uh, there is going to likely be some kind of a shutdown of the government. The left says there's nothing we can cut out of the budget, and if we try to cut anything out of the budget, that uh, kittens will die. And uh, I think the latest thing is that uh, nobody's going to get me- – the senior citizens aren't going to get Meals on Wheels, and child care programs around the country will be shut down. And by the way, the air traffic control system will be shut down, so planes will fall out of the sky. So, John, how do we cut this budget? What are, what are your ideas about how we get this budget under control? Well, first of all, we have this budget problem because of massive mismanagement of the federal government. That's for sure. Why would you trust the people who have mismanaged (laughs) the federal government to close anything that would actually expose their mismanagement? Mm -hmm. They obviously do the Mount Rushmore strategy. The Mount Rushmore strategy (laughs) is you close the most visible and needed services first So you hurt people. So these same people who say they care about people and want to keep services going are going to close the services that people depend on the most, want the most. And by the way, John, not to interrupt, but that's exactly what the White House said in their bulletin that they put out on Thursday, which is, oh, my gosh, all the most vital. By the way, these are non-essential services that we're talking about. We spend hundreds of billions of dollars a year on non-essential services. So what, what what would you like to see cut, John? Or what could well, we cut? I think, look, that that would be an argument that would take forever. I like I like the Ron Johnson idea. What's that? Uh, well, you cut one percent off the top of everything. Yeah, I love that. And everybody only one percent. Can we go for five or ten? Everyone. John Kildare thinks one. we can cut more than one percent. <laughs> we're talking about short term. We're okay. talking about something that's easily explainable <laughs> right. to people and. The 1% would give us the arguments yep. for the second 1% and then the third and then the fourth. Okay. Let me turn to John Caldera. Good answer, John. Um, and by the way, John, when I come back to you, I'm going to ask you what, how you see this plays out and are we going to have a government shutdown. Um, but John Caldera, you are not a, a beltway creature, right? You're as far No, as... I, I actually have a life. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> so you're we, not... We've all, we've all had buddies... What do we, we We've all had buddies who... who rack up their credit cards, and at some point it blows up. And these little games outside the Beltway, we get so tired of them, the mm-hmm. shutdown, the shutdown. We don't understand it outside the Beltway. Does anybody care? Nobody cares. Right. What I know is at some point this blows up. Does yeah. it blow up when I'm alive? Does it blow up after I'm dead? I don't know. But it blows up, and sooner or later you have to address entitlements. Mm-hmm. At some point we have to stop giving people money for not working. Mm-hmm. So at some point these non-essential things don't matter. Mm -hmm. It is welfare, Medicaid, Social Security. It is Obamacare. It is these programs that need to be looked at, and those are the programs that need to be put back into appropriations. So, John Caldera, you are here in a green state called uh, Colorado, or it seems like the environment. No, it is a, the it's a blue state. <laughs> a blue, blue state that is run by the Greens, and so it is, uh, it is all into the climate change um, cult. So, uh, but we're spending $380 billion, this is one of my pet peeves, $380 billion on a green energy slush fund out of the White House. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. It's run by John Podesta. Couldn't we live without that? 
We would love to live without that. <laughs> okay. We would love to live without that. Out here in the States, we have become addicted to free money. Mm-hmm. It comes from Washington. It drops into the coffers of states like Colorado, and we've become addicted to it. So free money is very addictive. Please cut it off because, like meth, we just get addicted. And when it stops, we have withdrawal. John Fund, uh, you've been in this business I think even longer than I have, which is a long, long time. So you've probably lived through – there have been something like in the last 40 years, there's something been like 20 government shutdowns. So we've been to this movie before. And I think I count 20 out of 20 that the media every single year <laughs> blames the Republicans on the shutdown. So how do Republicans move forward? Are they going to get blamed? Will there be a shutdown? What is your prognosis? Well, well, Steve, if you go to a movie 20 times and you get burned, you know, the end is not making sequels. <laughs> right. It's time to stop making sequels. Okay. Again, I refer back to Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Let's have a provision that if there is no working legal budget at the end of the fiscal year, which is September 30th, yep. spending continues at the level of the previous year, which given inflation is between two and five percent lower than the previous year. And I can guarantee you that somebody will cut enough spending to satisfy enough congressmen that they will pass a budget. So because nobody wants a budget from last year because that's two to five percent. But there will be. I mean, I I agree with you. By the way, I would like to see a five percent cut or 10 percent cut, not just one percent. But we have the the uh, fiscal year starts on. October 1st. So that gives us, what, 10 days to get this thing resolved. And it doesn't seem like they're anywhere close to being resolved, John. You know, again, we've been to this movie 20 times. (laughs) It'll be resolved before the about the 7th or 8th of October, because members of Congress do not like to hear questions from their district about what's going on. They'll find a way to deal with it. But it won't stop the avalanche of debt and overspending and pork barrel out of Washington. So we have to have a more systematic, systemic solution. So, John Caldera, you are on the show because you're a non-swamp creature. Uh, John Fund and I are both swamp creatures. <laughs> so, and I like you anyway. <laughs> so uh, outside the Beltway, uh, you think people would go crazy if there were a government shutdown? Or No. We don't care. We've seen the movie 20 times, as our, my friend Mr. Fun says. What I always wonder about is is the core functions of government. I was taught on Article 1, Section 8, there, there are only these things that, that government can do, mm-hmm. and these are the things that government should do. So whenever they spend money, I would like to know which function of government they're spending money on. And it would be interesting to say, well, this money goes for this purpose. That money goes for the for roads. This money goes for defense. This money goes for this. I would like, uh, as they've done this in Washington State under a governor, I forget his name, when they said, all right, these are the core functions, and if your budget isn't in this core function, we're not funding it. So, John uh, Caldera, do you think we need a Department of Education in Washington? Does no. that help your schools in Colorado? It helps our schools increase the administrative state because we have to fill out many, many forms and many more forms and send people there. No, we could ax that. This was a, I remember when it was, when it was created under Carter and every Republican says we are going to end that department. Yet it is still there. By the way, Jimmy Carter, very famously, when he created that agency in 79 said, uh, you know, we're doing this for the unions, the teachers unions and the teachers unions used to boast. We're the only special interest group in Washington that has their own 
cabinet agency. So, John, what about Department of Energy? Do we need that? John Fun? Well, yes, actually, we do, because about two-thirds of the Department of Energy actually handles our nuclear weapons. (laughs) I'm talking about the green crop, the uh, windmill subsidies and the uh, battery subsidies and and those kinds of things. You know, most of the even most of the professional bureaucrats, the Department of Energy, don't think a lot of that stuff works. But they weren't listened to by Congress, because this is not about energy. It's about pork barrel and about bribing people in rural communities that the federal government will finally, you know, send money their way, the way they send money to the big cities. So this is spreading out the pork barrel across the entire country. So uh, the big issue, John Caldera, for Republicans is they don't want to cut anything out of the military budget. I'm more kind of libertarian leaning. I think there's a lot of waste in the military budget as well. By the way, we spend tens and tens of billions of dollars in the in the Pentagon budget, you may not be aware of this, on green energy programs. Did you you know we're gonna have tanks with solar panels <laughs> on them. So we, can, we we will only be able to fight a war when the wind blows. <laughs> let, let me let me suggest that Washington should look to the states. Here in yeah. Colorado, as with most Wait, states Hold on, hold on, hold on. So did the states create the federal government or the federal government create the states? Oh, you know the I, answer to that <laughs> No, but I think in Washington, nobody no, knows the answer to that. They think they are their epicenter of the country. Here in Colorado and <laughs> most states, we have a balanced budget amendment. Right, right. We want to solve the problem. We need a balanced budget amendment in Washington. The Independence Institute, and go to our website, thinkfreedom.org, thinkfreedom.org. We have a um, constitutional center. There is something called an Article 5 mm-hmm. um, center. The Article 5 of, of the U.S. Constitution allows for the states to call for a mm-hmm. specific constitutional uh, provision. The states can call for a balanced budget amendment. We have – states have called for constitutional changes, and when we get close, Congress usually jumps the gun and then proposes it. So the, the states can push for such a constitutional amendment for a balanced budget – we need to do this. Just like every other state, the government needs to live within its budget. And with gonna... interest rates going up, That's we have so to. pie in the sky, John Kelter. It Kelter, is right? not, my friend. It is not. <laughs> I'm only teasing. Uh, last question. We've got two minutes left, and I want to ask you both. Uh, this is a little bit off subject, but um, John Fund, I'll start with you. Um, the rumor is that uh, Donald J. Trump will join the picket line with the UAW strikers. That uh, smart, or how do you see that playing out? Well, first of all, it spooked the White House. Yeah, um, that that <laughs> announcement that Trump was going to go into the picket line prompted yep. the UAW to issue a formal invitation to Joe Biden to join the picket <laughs> line. So Trump, I think, is going to be there on the twenty seventh, but Biden is going to be there, I think, a couple of days earlier, oh, really? because okay. he's he will not let Donald Trump get, <laughs> get between him and his union members. Uh, I, I think it's all theatrics, and I don't think Biden can. By the way, can Biden actually walk the picket <laughs> line without getting lost? <laughs> Yeah. So, John uh, Caldera, um, the uh, one of the things that's interesting about what's going on politically in America is that Trump really is, whether you love him or hate him, he's really become the kind of candidate of blue-collar America. And I wonder what you think about why that is. It's funny how the parties have changed. Yeah. Reagan was able to do that, but Reagan brought people together. Mm-hmm. Trump seems to do that by dividing people. Mm-hmm. That's my worry. Yeah. And if, if Trump had the ability to bring people together, he would easily be able to win another, perhaps the third election, feel about elections. Um, he has. He speaks for people who are angry 
and he does so in a way that most There's a lot of angry people, people in this country. There's a lot of angry people. All right, we got to take a break. That was John Caldera of the Independence Institute. John, thanks so much for hosting me in your great studio. It is great to have you over. John Fun, thanks for joining. Um, When we come back, I will take your calls. How do we cut this gargantuan $6 trillion budget? Uh, 1-800-848-9222 is the More Money Hotline. 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back. WABC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday afternoon. I know the the uh, weather is lousy, so that's all the more reason to listen to the More Money Show. We're on every Saturday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. and honored that my good friend John Katsimatidis, who is uh, the owner and really turned around this radio station, uh, just really an honor to be uh, able to host this show. So we're going to get to the lightning round right now. I promised that I would take your calls. How do we cut this budget? Do we need to cut it? Can we live with, uh, you know, a a $33 trillion national debt? And we're going to start with, I believe, Richie is our first caller. Uh, Good day, Steve. Um, We actually do not know the true financial position of the federal government because the federal government does not have, at least not for public consumption, a capital assets budget or a capital assets accounting program. They do not. You're right about that. And they don't, they also, now look, they have assets. The government has a lot of assets, but it also has a lot of liabilities that it doesn't take into account. Really good point, Richie. Um, you're exactly right. The, if, if they did the accounting folks, uh, for a small business or a corporation, the way the government cooks the books, we would put these people in jail. Okay. Let's go to Maryland. Hi, um, I wanted to address what you were talking about on Fetterman. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think about Fetterman? I'm just embarrassed by the guy. What do you think? What do I think? I think he's focusing on a, a different generation. Yep. If you look at, at everyone that's on social media, whether it's YouTube yep. or whatever, yep. Yep. that's that's what they're... They like him? That's, that's, the way, that's the way they're dressed. Everything is dressed down. Everything is very untraditional and not only that i think that they're looking to destroy everything that has a tradition in the united states whether it's family yeah whatever you know i'm not against maryland irreverence i can be irreverent myself but there's a time for and place for it and i just think that we need some decorum in the united states congress don't you i do but i i believe that's just part of the the goal to de- to destroy I think you're everything. Right. I think you're right. Good call, Marilyn. Who do we have next, Mr. Producer? We have Joan from Manhattan. Joan, thanks for calling. Hi, yes. Whenever I hear a discussion like this, my thoughts go to uh, Europe. And how do we compare to comparable wealthy countries Europe in terms of the deficit and in terms of other things. Uh, And in Europe, one would expect they would have huge deficits because they provide such wonderful benefits for people. They have free or near-free university education. They have subsidized daycare. Of course, they all have national health insurance. They have unemployment insurance that doesn't run out after six months. They have paid vacations. Everybody gets six weeks paid vacation. They have wonderful benefits. Yes, but you know what? Look, I have to interrupt you there because it is true they have all these free government benefits but you know the uh 
just 25 years ago, Europe and the United States had roughly the same size economy on a per capita basis. We're now about 50% larger than they are. Europe is a terrible, terrible model for the United States. They get poorer and poorer and more economically irrelevant every year. The Wall Street Journal just had a very good story on that. But uh, I hear what you're saying. But if you want the government to give everything you, that you want, they're going to take everything you got. All right. Who do we have for our next caller, Mr. Producer? We've got Joe from New Jersey. Joe from New Jersey. You're on, Joe. You there, Joe? Oh, there you are. Joe, you got something for us? All right, let's We got uh, Ted from New Jersey. Who's that? Yeah, how you doing, Steve? Fantastic. What do we cut out of this budget? We have to we have to attack the whale that we have here, and that you know, it's the third rail: Social Security and Medicare. Yep. The what, only what do reason. We do? What do we the do? Only about re- it? Okay. The only reason millions of baby boomers are going to have an estate to pass to their children is the fact that they use Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. 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 Well, but, you know, on the other hand, look, I agree with you on Medicare. Medicare has got to be, we have to control health care costs. But, you know, if someone, how old are you, sir? I am uh, mid-60s. Okay, so you're about my age. I'm 63. If you and I, from the time we started working 40 years ago, could have put that money into a 401k account, we would be getting a benefit. The average benefit, monthly benefit for Social Security is a measly $1,700 a month. We'd be get, receiving $17,000 a month if the Social Security system would just let people put their money into a 401k plan and let the power of compound interest work. We got time for one or two more quick uh, callers. Mr. Producer, who is next? We have Stu from Brooklyn. Steve from Brooklyn. It's Stu, but I'll forgive you. Uh, Steve, Stu, I'm sorry. Years, <laughs> Go ahead. For the last hundred years, every war we've ever been in required tactically to take out the other side's supply of energy so that they were immobilized. Yep. And the Ukraine war, very simply, Russia is vulnerable. Take out their oil. Take out the yes. uh, pipeline bringing energy to uh, China which breaks uh, Putin's Chinese cash register. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know what? Uh, This is one of my pet peeves. I really believe if Trump had still been president that Russia and and Putin would not have gone into Ukraine. Uh, And the second thing is that if you want to hurt Ukraine, look, I don't want to spend billions and billions and billions of money that we have to print and send to Ukraine. The way that we help uh, the Ukrainians is by producing more oil and gas here in the United States, which would hurt Russia. Russia is financing its entire immoral uh, war against Ukraine with petrodollars. We could take those petrodollars away from them if we had a sane energy policy drill for our own energy. I think, Mr. Producer, we might be able to squeeze one more in if we have one. We've got Gina from New Jersey. Gina, the clock is ticking. Thanks for calling. What do we cut? Well, we cut, we hire a person that does administration management yes. because yes. the inspector general yes. reports are never there's, there's programs that are dead already. That yes. they have people there, but there's nothing working yes. anymore. So that needs to be done. Yes. And the only one that's going to do it is somebody like uh, Citizens Against Government Waste. Yep. 
if they can be in that position. The other thing is to get rid of the debt, sell a loan program, sell the mm-hmm. student loan, sell uh, Freddie Fre- and Fanny, yeah. yep. sell all those things off, sell the post office off, and use that money to cut the debt. Boy, do, you are so you are so right. You are so smart. I, I that's why I love taking calls from you, folks. You are so smart. There's so much common sense among common sense Americans. Why can't we have more common sense in Washington D.C.? Why don't our politicians, starting at the White House, have a little dose of common sense? We can solve this problem. We can make America great again. Uh, and we have got to get this government under traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh. The joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.